Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film lovers. Every Monday, I sit down to talk about recently watched movies with my dear friend and artist, Danny Haas. And that Toyota truck. Are you kidding me with that pickup he had? Mamma mia. I wanted that. And our own spiritual advisor, Protolexis. How about we do a a lo-fi sci-fi month with Danny making that t-shirt he keeps talking about. Leading Ladies Month Volume 2 continues with my pick, Natalie Portman's sci-fi movie, Annihilation. Was it right that this flopped at the box office? Or is this my new favorite science fiction movie? Let's find out right now. Director pins series two. My gosh, kickoff. The time has come for the second set. As of recording, where this episode drops Monday, if you're listening to the same day, series two will be available on vhsvillage.com as of 12 p.m. Eastern. And we have quite a set designed by Danny, if I could be frank with you. But have you seen this set? Just in, in one word, describe director's pen series two. Wait, did you say me or Danny? I, I thought I said Proto, but maybe not. Oh my God. <laughs> Danny, take it away. <laughs> How do I describe my art? <laughs> so let me rattle off the directors. Rattle them off. Miyazaki. King. Spielberg. Bigelow. <sighs> Ramsey. These are the directors in the set. Uh, Proto, do you have any... Guesses as 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 if Danny could top series one. Do you think he's done it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he has. <laughs> uh, the the it's amazing the, the Spielberg one. I mean, they're all great, but the Spielberg one. I mean, it should go on his tombstone. Honestly, <laughs> like it's I'll so iconic. The hat, the glasses. It's mm. like I could I could be I could see that from like fifty feet away and and know it's Spielberg. <laughs> it's amazing. So as with series one, uh, you can get a special letterbox director's pin series two for 48 bucks for, with all four directors. Look at those smug sunglasses on Spielberg, a son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Or you can get them as singles uh, while supplies last for 14 bucks for each director. And those will be shipping out within a few weeks of your order while supplies last. So if you liked the first run of director's pins, we're back again. We're back at it. Mm-hmm. And as always, thank you, Letterboxd, for uh, partnering with us on these pins. Uh, I love you guys. The Lynn one is my favorite one. She came out great. The hat, the vibe is very strong. She's got a great vibe anyway. When are we going to do a Bigelow movie? Point Break. I mean, God. Can you Point commit to it me. right now, Danny? Point yes, <laughs> I'm committing right now to it. <laughs> I would we still love have, to do Point Break. Danny's we still have pick. Proto's pick for Leading Ladies Month at the end of this episode. Mm. Is there anything you want to tell us right now, Proto? Right now? Uh, he doesn't know. He hasn't decided. I know some people are going to be very happy. 
That's all. That's all. Oh I'm gosh, Rise of Skywalker, incredible. <laughs> Uh, so there's the pins. I'm excited. We can finally get these in people's hands. Mm. Uh, it's been a fun journey. And I mean, there's whispers that there's something else in the works. So I'm not going to talk about anything else. Uh, but we should say hello to some new patrons this week also. Noel, Strudel, Evelyn, Daniel, and Sarah all joined this week. And our most recent episode just for supporters was Hot Fuzz. Just mm. went out to supporters as of this episode being out and about. God bless. Did you watch any movies this week? I did watch some movies. I finally got to watch uh, Drive My Car. Oh, yes. Wow. You guys remember this movie from mm-hmm. 2021? Wow. <laughs> A lot of big talk about this movie. People saying best, best movie of the year, possibly. Could it do what Parasite did? Win Best mm-hmm. International Film and Best Picture. Uh, we all know the answer to that. No. <laughs> but um, I did say in my review, I, I think, uh, even if I didn't think, th- if it's not necessarily my favorite movie of the, the of the year, I think it is the best movie that mm-hmm. I saw. I, I think it's the most unique, um, engaging, uh, just different type of movie, something that I haven't seen before mm-hmm. that was incredibly fascinating. Um, there, there, There's one scene early on in the movie that I just keep, I keep thinking about it. Um, the scene, if you, it's not a spoiler, but I will, um, it's early on where, I can't remember the, the, the main character's name, but he comes back because um, his flight's canceled and he comes into the house. That whole scene, I thought, was incredible. Mm. Um, real, real, I just keep thinking about it. And even like that, that, that character's whole perspective and the way he relates to other people, just really fascinating. And there's so much like depth to it. Um, but I, I don't think it's like a very accessible movie for everyone. Like, I don't think it, like it's a great movie, but it's definitely not a movie for everybody. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely like a cinephile movie for sure. But that's okay, too. Um, so I, I really, I really enjoyed it, even if it was three hours long. <laughs> yeah, how many days was that spread across for you? Is that one night? Uh, no, I watched it in two nights. Yeah, mm-hmm. two nights. Classic two night movie. You mentioned how you thought that might be the best movie or like your fave. I pulled up your stats for 2021. I was just curious. Oh no! To see what you rated five stars. Number one on your list: Matrix Resurrections, <sighs> 2021. What a movie. What an ep. What a friggin' ep. Beatles Get Back was also rated five stars. And finally, your only five-star rated thing that was released in 2021, The Ninth Jedi. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Visions, That's it. baby. That's it. Picture of the year, Visions. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you want to hear something crazy that I just realized? Yeah. Um, this week is that we are in now in April of 2022 mm-hmm. and I have yet to rate a movie five stars. Ooh. I respect I was that. looking at my stats. I was like, wow, that's here we are. Yeah, mm. Batman, in terms of movies that were released this year, Batman is the highest for you. I also watched uh, to support uh, our friends over at the Bat and Spider podcast, Chuck and Dale. Uh, mm. They just hit their 100th episode. Incredible. And they did Happy the Hitcher. Mm. 
which is a movie I've never seen before. But of course, I remember seeing seeing it in Blockbuster. You know, I've been oh. seeing the cover for a long time. The Hitcher. You know, people talk about it. Uh, I was prepared for a movie that was more of like a like a, a popular or just known as like a cult classic, but a movie that isn't actually that good. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a really a great movie. Um, I think of the thing that it reminded me of is Terminator. Um, mm. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's like the the single protagonist against this seemingly um, just like unbeatable, unstoppable force killer, um, but uh, really fun movie. Uh, a lot of surprises, things I wasn't expecting, just a, a really great flick. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't expecting The Hitcher to be great, but I mean, Rutger Hauer, mm-hmm. I mean, he he he, he had it, as I say. <laughs> Goodness. So I was about to ask if I could quote your review. And then I remember that Paul pointed out in Discord this week, an older app, when I tried to read your Ninja Turtles movie review. <laughs> You're losing your mind. <laughs> Hold on. Do I need to try to pull up this review? Oh, no. <laughs> well, your review for The Hitcher, see Thomas Howe wearing a pair of jeans during the first half that were an abomination. <laughs> but other than that, acceptable. <laughs> yeah, he had like these really frumpy jeans on. Just bad look. Bad look. But I guess it's, it was a different time. Your Ninja Turtles review is iconic. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't. I'm getting the look. Giggle. <laughs> I'll just link it in chat. People can read it. Oh, there you go. So people can read it for themselves. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to get through it. Uh Danny, what did you watch this week? I um I got in a I got it in my uh, I can't stop laughing at that. I just saw the one. <laughs> Pause for editing. <laughs> Stupid ass. <laughs> Shredder line it's too much. <laughs> All right, continue. <clears throat> God, I uh, I was getting into wanting to watch some lo-fi sci-fi this week, and I oh. checked out a few lists on yeah. um, Letterboxd, and I came across a movie called The Quiet Earth. Uh, you had watched it, Slim. Uh, a couple others, I think, had watched it, and it just was it was ready for me to view. It was streaming on, I think, Canopy had it. I can't remember where I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, God, this is such a rad film. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. The acting is quite terrible in it. I will say this. There's, oh. there's a few times where I enjoyed the main actor, but most of it's kind of bad. What I do love about this film is they for whenever it was made in 1985, they do such a good job of displaying the last man on earth kind of situation Mm -hmm. uh, after whatever happened with the science, whatever the science did to make people disappear. Um, Yeah. Kev just shared the poster. Amazing poster. They did a really good job of making him feel isolated and alone in the city and big wide shots of an empty city in 1985 looked uh, really real. And like Mm -hmm. they cleared out entire cities to film this guy kind of wandering through it. And then the times that I did find him quite believable of his performance was when he started to kind of lose his mind uh, being alone and isolated and um, 
It was quite interesting. And I really enjoyed the ending of it. It was, it was a good ride, but visually I love the lo-fi tech when he's in this, the lab, Mm -hmm. the giant machines. I mean, it just looks incredible. Yeah. The ending was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. I thought that was really cool. Really well done. Uh, and that Toyota truck. Are you kidding me with that pickup he had? <laughs> Mamma mia. I Matthew, wanted that. Matthew and Chad, more prep for the 70 millimeter road trip to New Zealand. I know. That's, that was an independent local John. Yeah, crazy. Movie. We can drive there? <laughs> uh, and then somewhere along the lines in our Discord, I believe Villager Art was patting himself on the back for something he did. I don't know, Photoshop, a letterbox probably. thing, a Photoshop. He shared the uh, the gif of Breakfast Club. So I decided to watch the Breakfast what? Club uh, this week. Threw on my Criterion disc uh, and sat and watched one of the greatest films of all time. I love the Breakfast Club. I I would love to do that film for us at some point. Uh, don't know when we'll fit it in, but... um. I just I, 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 I just sit and get hypnotized by that film. I love it so much. Iconic poster. Iconic maybe like, poster. Maybe like top 10 posters of all time people mm-hmm. recognize. Gotta be. Sheesh. Um, anyway, so yeah, threw my Criterion and watched The Breakfast Club late one night thanks to a gif that was shared in our village. <laughs> Mention Danny poster-sized art for a Breakfast Club episode. I would love to do a Breakfast Club poster. Molly mm. Ringwald month. Ali Sheedy month. How about we do a, a lo-fi sci-fi month with <gasps> Danny making that t-shirt he keeps talking about. Oh, lo-fi sci-fi month. I think I think all the, the poster and a lot of the photography of Breakfast Club was Annie Leibovitz, the photographer, if I'm not oh. mistaken. Anyway, that was my week. In film. Big week. Big week. Yeah, good week. Uh, we're rapidly running out of time. We got to get to Annihilation. I'll just real quick. I do want to call out Swiss Army Man that I watched with uh, Paul Dano, Daniel Radcliffe, and show favorite Mary Elizabeth Winstead in this Mm. movie. This is a, this came out 2016. It was like one of those weird movies, I think, Mm -hmm. that was like popping around. But the same directors just did the one that's, you know, super popular right now, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And so I figured I'd see what this movie was. And Paul Dano is on an island, kind of like stranded, and Daniel Radcliffe's corpse comes ashore. And he is like about to hang himself, but he sees him come ashore. So he stops to like try to save him, but he like finds out he's dead. And then he just like starts, the corpse of Daniel Radcliffe starts farting. (laughs) 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 And... He sees this as like an opportunity. Won't, he won't stop. He sees this as, like a, as an opportunity to get off the island. So he rides Daniel Radcliffe's farting corpse like a jet ski off the island. And right at that moment, I was like, am I in love with this movie? This is a real movie? This is a real movie. Uh, so that's all I'll say about this movie. You, If that pitch sounds at all interesting to you, then you will love this movie. It's got to be Daniel Radcliffe's best movie. <laughs> He's very He's good at it. He's very good. Uh, the whole cast is very good. I was cracking up watching this movie. I loved it. So uh, if you like their new movie or vice versa, I think you'll probably enjoy the other one. Uh, but we have to get into Annihilation right now. 
This is my pick, pick for pick. leading ladies month. A lot of reviews piping in this week. A lot of some three stars. I won't name anyone. Their name rhymes with Hannah. In our Discord, gave it three stars. Um, but this is my pick for leading ladies month. Part of what's this movie about? That's a Kanye West rhyme. <laughs> rhymes with Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Annihilation. Lena's husband, Kane, never returned from a secret military operation. One year later, he mysteriously reappears, but does not seem himself and falls into a coma. On the way to the hospital, they are intercepted and taken to Area X, a base on the border of a phenomenon called the Shimmer. It is an expanding zone that little is known about and no one returns from after entering. Lena agrees to join the newest team venturing into the Shimmer in search of answers. What they find defies reality and questions what they know about the world and themselves. Annihilation. Slim, talk to us. Why was this your pick? Tell us. Why was this my pick? So I think I let I talked about some movies that I wanted to do, but they were all kind of like five bangers. And this one I feel like was in the middle. Like when I was looking at everyone's letterbox review, there was it was kind of like all over the place. It wasn't just like a big win. And I think it had to do with just the way the movie was, you know, written and shown and the finale just kind of like left people curious. So I thought it would make like a really fun discussion for us to talk about like longer term thoughts on the movies. And I remember the last time I watched it, I think I bought an Apple uh, Apple TV. And yeah, Sarah in chat says, it seems like people rate it higher the more they see it. That's, I definitely noticed it that this week in Discord with all mm. of our friends reviewing it. And I had this great experience watching it this earlier this year or last year, 2021, on, on 4K. And this time around, I actually, it was one of my honorable mentions, but I watched it on Roku and I bought, a while ago, I bought one of those like Roku Pro remotes that like lets you say, hey Roku, where's my remote? And it beeps. Mm. But it also has an audio jack. So for this viewing, I plugged in my Xbox headset oh. and I was like blown away to the point where I was like, why don't all movies force you to w listen with headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get people saying, oh, you shouldn't watch that at home. You got to see it in a theater. Uh, uh, uh. Watch a freaking movie with headphones on and your life is about to change, my friend. Oh my God. Am I doing Interesting. this? I thought it was incredible having just like, I mean, those Xbox headsets that we have are pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, that you get like pretty good surround sound, but I heard everything. The music was popping. We'll get into it later, but the scene where that musical note hits in the cave. Mm -hmm. Like I was like levitating off my couch <laughs> going sideways. It was, it, it was insane. So I just want to call that out. If you have one of those remotes, I think they're like 20 bucks on Amazon. By all means, do it. Proto, how many times have you seen this movie? 
I've only seen it once before, but my history is I read the book. Oh. Um, uh, I guess probably like 10 years ago at this point. I'm oh not really gosh. sure when it came out. Um, I don't even remember why I, I read it. I think I was just looking for, you know, some kind of sci-fi story that was interesting. Um, and I thought the book was good. Um, I wasn't really blown away by it. It's actually a trilogy. Um, I read the second one and it was honestly one of the worst books I've ever read. So I, I didn't continue. Um, <laughs> I've heard um, that a lot. I, I hear that like from most people that they like the book and then the second one was almost like an abomination. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Abomination is a good word for it. Yeah. Like a complete waste of time. Like unbelievable. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but the, with this movie, so I've, I saw Ex Machina, which came out in 2015, and I was like, okay, like you know, right. who is this Alex Garland? Let's mm -hmm. let's put a pin on him. Let's keep track of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, hearing that the book was going to be turned into a movie, I wasn't necessarily that excited, other than knowing that Alex Garland was directing it. Um, so that had me excited because I. Uh, you know, I, I trust this guy, you know, he's like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, really, a uh, you know, a rising star in the sci-fi director yeah. category. Do you remember way back when Halo, Microsoft was shipping, Stop. shopping the rights around for the Halo mm -hmm. movie to studios and they totally blew it. Blew but it. there was like a big story where Garland got paid a million dollars to write a script for the Halo movie. Wow. That was, I think that might've been the first time I heard his name, but I think he also wrote 20 Days Later. Sunshine was mentioned in chat. The Beach, uh, among Dread, maybe too. So his this next movie's Men. I haven't watched that trailer yet, but Drink. I just mentioned I don't watch the trailer. It's okay. Uh, sorry, everybody. It's a good trailer. Uh, Danny, what about you? It's your history. I my only history with this is you raving about watching it recent like twenty twenty one. I hadn't seen it. Uh, it fell off my radar. I miss it in theaters. Um, I don't think, I feel like there was no buzz around this film. And I don't feel like anyone mm -hmm. that I would have cared of their opinions when it was coming out saw it. Uh, if you know what I mean. Like if any of the ones yeah. that I would consider that like sci-fi and I don't feel like they saw it or just didn't talk about it. So when you talked about watching it, I was like, well, I'll finally watch this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so your recommendation of watching, it was the first time I watched it. And then this week, uh, I watched it twice and the Whoa. making of, uh, uh, uh. yeah, oh. Jada kiss mentions how this was misunderstood by distributors. I remember this kind of just being like thrown into theaters with no fanfare. And then I think international distri distribution, it just went on Netflix outside of the U S mm. That is wow. some vivid memories I have. Interesting. That had a very strange. And I do under, like, I get it though. This movie is, it's a lot. Like if you're going to this, I don't, like if, if I think about Annihilation and the visuals, it's like, I'm thinking like, like Interstellar kind of comes to mind with this kind of grand scheme of things, but following this movie is not easy. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if you're just showing up for a sci-fi romp, and you get to this film, you're you may not like it. Like yeah. it, this is not your typical kind of shoot me off into space so I can discover and find aliens somewhere type mm -hmm. sitch. Yeah, 
that's funny you bring up Interstellar because I was thinking earlier, I feel like this movie could be in a, tr- a trilogy with Interstellar. And then also, I think even more, this movie reminds me of Arrival. Uh, yeah, almost like emotional science fiction. Yes. Uh, oh my God, emotional science fiction month. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> oh uh, so, I, so I chose it. So I guess I'm going first. I mean- Go My first. main note is is obviously the lighthouse. I don't know if we want to get into it right now or Let's we want to it. slow it down. Let's talk about the last twenty five minutes of this movie. Okay, please God, we'll dig into the heart of it. So, like the shimmer, they're finally they're traveling to the, sh- the to get to the lighthouse where they think this all kicked off, and they finally get there. She gets there. She's behind Ventress, you know, the leader of her crew, and she crawls into this hole and finds her in there. And she, you know, says the name of the movie. She she has this great line. It's inside me now. What's inside you? It's not like us. It's unlike us. I don't know what it wants. Or if it wants. But it will grow until it encompasses everything. Our bodies and our minds will be fragmented into their smallest parts until not one part remains. Annihilation. She like gets subsumed and refracted into the shimmer. You know, the shimmer is like refracting everything, including DNA. So everything's effed up. And then that musical note hits. Natalie Portman is watching this happen in front of her. And that's where, like full disclosure, I have like a religious experience with this movie. Like when this starts happening, it's insane from this point on. Everything that happens in this moment is just so wild, audio-wise, visually, and your interpretation of these scenes is, like, I, I feel like I haven't experienced this in a movie before, where, like, you can have multiple interpretations of what happens after this moment, emotionally, storyline-wise, and they'll all be right. I was about to say that. I feel like you can't be wrong on how you kind of interpret this ending. Even interpret what kind of is happening to the people and uh, the themes that are like laced into this story. I mean, you talk about, you know, cells replenishing each other and turning into like the, the cancer type vibes or even, you know, the destructive nature of people and how each of the females that have gone into this film are, you know, dealing with like a destructed kind of life and and then to come out to see Natalie have her experience in like even leading up to crawling down to the hole watching the footage of um Oscar's character mm. kill himself but then be replaced by the alien there's just it's so I mean you're so right however you want to interpret this ending kind of feels like you're not wrong I think the scene the lighthouse scene um, when I think of, sci- there's like a lot of sci-fi movies that you see that they promise a lot 
and more often than not, they they under deliver or just don't deliver at all um, at the ending or what they're leading up to or what they're promising. If it's visually or just like story wise, it's not satisfying at the end. It's like, oh, that was better as a mystery or just in my mind. It's like, oh, I wish they didn't try to show that thing or I wish it mm-hmm. went a different way. This really is a movie where like it has, um, you know, this whole idea of like the shimmer and we don't know what it is. It's a mystery. It's unknown. Like, what could it be? And as you're watching this, to then get to the lighthouse and have such like a really bizarre, otherworldly um, thing happen in that scene that's so foreign and engaging and interesting and um, symbolic in different ways and just like integrated into the story and the character – like it has such a such a good payoff. Mm. Um, it, it's 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 so it's so satisfying in terms of what what it was leading up to. Like it's one of the few I think science fiction movies where I don't feel disappointed <laughs> at mm. the end by by what I see um, because it is it it works on a visual level as like trying. Also, I mean, it doesn't give you the answers really that you're looking for. Like you're saying, like you can kind of come to your own terms about like what this movie means or even like what this thing was. Like, was it some kind of alien? Was it just like some kind of like biological reaction? Like there's not a lot of explanation to it. Um, and you're, and you're left to determine it for yourself, but like what they give you is satisfying. I think on this viewing or the, the viewing that I had last year, I was really struck by like my interpretation of their own refraction in the shimmer. Like, so everyone changes at like a certain point, something happens to them. And like Natalie's refraction is this other self manifested that is like copying her every move. And like, in my view, her character, you know, has this affair. She makes like really bad decisions. And then her manifestation is almost like her shame and her Mm. grief and depression almost. And this other version of her is just like suffocating her and it won't leave her. And she has to face it at the end of this movie. And I was just so blown away by that in, in the film. Like you could say that in with words in a drama or, you know, any other way, but there's just like, part of there's otherworldly explanation or interpretation of, of her reaction to what she has done in her life. And it's being refracted by this, alien thing mm. in a way that visually I've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And it never says that. Like I could, I, that's just my view of it. And I feel like it is just so like invigorating to see that in a film. So like the last 30 minutes of this thing, especially with headphones on, <laughs> kidding me right now? <laughs> I also caught this time around the quick, it's a quick line when there's a, you know, the shots of her having the affair and then when Oscar's character leaves fast, I didn't catch the line the first time I watched this of, um, did he, did he, did he know about the affair? And mm-hmm. is, is that why he was pushed into this kind of mission? And is his reason for going on this Natalie's fault? Uh, and I wonder yeah. if the part of her is the guilt, not only the shame of that, but the guilt of the outcome of Oscar's character. Uh, as well manifesting mm-hmm. in that alien humanoid black type figure. I mean, let's talk about 
to not to this is still like within these characters, but I watched that making of too. Still. And there was something in that making of that I did not catch at all in any of my three viewings. Oh, tell which me. was, you know, he he goes through and talks about they spent a lot of time on the bear scene. Oh which, my god. You know, full disclosure, I didn't really like love. I mean, it was fine. The bear scene where they're tied up by one of the characters because she's going nuts because she's starting to refract. Mm-hmm. And the this bear comes in. And Alex is talking about this bear scene. He's like, you know, I want to talk about the scene, but I don't want to get too deep into it. And he has like this weird explanation as to why. But he points out the house. Is, I didn't catch it either until watching. Is their house. Yeah. The house in the shimmer is their home. Mm-hmm. Oscar and Natalie. Oh. Oscar has a bear tattoo. Mm-hmm. So this oh. bear is potentially... A piece of Oscar being refracted and dealing with what has happened to him in their relationship. He's Mm -hmm. despondent. He's full of despair. He's walking the grounds of the shimmer. I like shit my pants when (laughs) when they're talking about the scene. No clue when I was watching this that that was even possible. I even like felt like when I was going to bring this up, I'm like, am I an idiot for not catching his bear (laughs) tattoo? And this is a bear? Uh, so I was in the house. I was in blown house, away. Yeah. Had no freaking wow. clue. Yeah, and it's crazy too. That's the that's the that's the great thing about this film. You could watch it over and over again, and it's just the layers of this film. When they show the side by sides of, it's it's the shot when Oscar comes home, uh, when Natalie's painting the room and he's looking up the stairs. Is the shot we get when Natalie gets to the home. And she's looking up the stairs. She mimics mm. Oscar's coming into that house. And I, I I was the same, Slim. When they started talking about the manifestation of the bear being Oscar, and I just it blew my mind. And then they showed his tattoo, and I'm like, oh, it's a it's a bear on his chest. I know, right? Like what? idiot. <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> How did I miss this? But that uh. that making of it was it's what I wanted from this film. I wanted mm. to see them. Cause it's like, it's 4k. I was worried about the gator. I was worried about the bear. I wasn't worried about really much of the inner stuff, but how much practical the animatronic bear head is incredible. The Mm -hmm. gator launching it out of the the river without the people knowing to get their genuine like scare Mm. of the women. That was incredible too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it just, the work that went into this film is it's, it's just my cup of tea. Uh, Not to, to stay on this, but let's go back to the lighthouse. One thing I I liked, or just thinking about the characters that <clears throat> that all got there, is I remember at one point, I think the um, Tessa Thompson's character says to Lena before she leaves that like you you want to go to the lighthouse and Aventress wants to face what's there and you want to fight what's there, uh, and I think that is kind of how it plays out because Lena does fight it, and it seems like uh, Ventress she gets there first. And I think she had already been like, like consumed by, um, I, because that body isn't hers. That's like mm. the, the creature, right? Because like, she then like evaporates as if she was the thing. So like, where did she go? It's like, she got there and she like gave herself up to it. But then also thinking of Oscar Isaac's character where like his reaction was he saw the, like the clone of himself fully formed and then decided that I'm just going to kill myself 
and you can take over. Um, So like his, and I I think that might be play to the idea that he knew about the, um, Mm -hmm. about her cheating on him Mm -hmm. because for him, it was like, I, I can't, go on with this life anymore. Like I, you can, this, this other new version of me who doesn't have this memory, this pain, like you could go back and you could live with Lena without knowing of like this pain that she has caused me. So I'll give this up. Um, So I thought that was really cool. Just like the different reactions that they had to uh, like getting to the lighthouse. Is this my favorite science fiction movie? (laughs) I ask you, you know, it's funny. That question was asked in our Discord uh, by KK, and I responded right away, no. But after watching it twice this week, it's back up there. I mean, it really is. I I couldn't get enough of this film. And Proto, I know you didn't watch the making of. Do you want to know what was another practical effect? The intestines in the guy's stomach rolling around? Oh my God. I couldn't believe that. There was a lady behind a wall, like, like, you know, with a towel, strings, just yeah, pulling strings, and Oscar could and actually put his hand in there and pull out the intestines. I'm just like, thank you for practical effects, because it still looked good in 4K, and that's what I was like, man, they did a great job. Well, it's 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 real, it's in camera. Yeah, I I, I was shocked. I thought that was a bit when it came up in the, the making of. Like, <laughs> I know, they too. showed people behind him. He had a <laughs> prosthetic belly. It. it was crazy. Oh, wow, incredible stuff. And I'll jump into my number one. Okay. The production of this film, the the visuals, the the being in the forest. One of my, I think it's it's top tier. One of my favorite shots in sci-fi is the shot of the um the soldier's body that has morphed onto the wall. <laughs> yes, it is in, like absolutely incredible. The production, like the artistry of, you know, it's. It's like it's disturbing on one level, but also it's it's like beautiful. Like the body itself is, you know, is whatever refracting the mm-hmm. colors, the the jaws coming off his skull, oh but his God. rib cage is there. But that purple and that yellow and the green, I'm just like, I that's like dream job situation. It feels like to mm-hmm. be able to just create that stuff. And even to conceptualize some of the stuff in this film, uh, watching the making of, I'm just like jealous of this kind of work these people did. It's it's incredible. And it feels like nothing was like, no, this isn't going to work. There's some incredible ideas in this film, even down to just the the bodies turning into flowers and the the yeah. cells and the people standing there as is the bushes and kind of stuff it's it's just beautiful stuff i mean this film as disturbing as so much of it is it's it's quite beautiful i li- i liked how the paramedic when she saw that she's like what is this I'm like you need to wake up girl. <laughs> you <laughs> are effed like, you look around you what's happening <laughs> I think the thing that's impressive about this movie is the amount of restraint that is shown as well um, with just the visuals and what's shown. Because even that scene, like that's an incredible visual of the guy in the, in the, the, in the pool and what happened to his body. And they could have had a scene where they show what happened. Because it's, it's kind of insane. Like his legs are sitting there, mm-hmm. but then like 10 feet off the ground is his head and, but then his like jaw is disconnected from the yeah. top of his skull, like by a foot. 
And it's like, he's like screaming. So you have this impression that he was still alive when something like this was happening. And, you know, you, you could have shown that and like that could have, but, but there's like, there's so much that's not shown in this. And there's so much like restraint that's shown um, that I think adds to it. Of course, like the, you know, they leave you wanting more from this. Yes. Like when I watch yes. this, I like, I'm thinking like, I just wish there was another hour of them exploring <laughs> right? the shimmer yeah. and finding stuff, you know, but the fact that they don't is, is, uh, I think it's great storytelling. I mean, how great was it too, when they wake up after their first night and piece together that it's actually been, you know, several days at least that they've been in the shimmer, but it hasn't mm -hmm. felt that way to them. So disorienting to feel that. Porto, what's your number one? Um, my number one is really just a, a theme that kept coming back up. And I, I didn't really like catch this as much. I think watching it a second time, there's just, you just have a lot more to, um, just contemplate what's being said. But, um, the one character, I think it's, her name is Shepard. There's a scene where they are on the water after the gator attack, which is crazy. Like this gator just tried yeah. to eat you all and you're going to go in these boats. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, no. why are you going on the Staying water? on foot. <laughs> um, but as she's talking about what she lost. Like, she lost her daughter to, I think she says, leukemia. And she says, I also lost someone. Not a husband, though. Um, a daughter. Leukemia. God, I'm sorry. In a way, it's two bereavements. My beautiful girl. And the person I once was. Uh, and there's this whole theme of, of course, change and people being different and, you know, how you change over time. And, it, you know, being married, this is something like me and Jenna talk about all the time of how you don't feel like you're married to the person who you were on your wedding day, you know, it's like, oh, you know, yeah. we've been married for over 10 years. It's like, I am not the same person at all. And if Jenna, you know, met me who I am now on her wedding, she'd be like, well, you're not the same person. But of course that's, it's so hard to understand that because, you know, we live one moment at a time. So we just, it's just like this one continuous thread of our life. So, so we feel like the same person, but we're really like so vastly different throughout different stages of our lives. Um, and that is such like a real thing that feels like a science fiction concept, mm -hmm. but of course we don't get to meet our past selves or our future selves to really experience that. But that is really so true. I think, um, I guess the only real experience you could have like that is if you meet, you know, you, you have an old friend who you don't see for, you know, 10 or 20 years and just the ways that they they've changed. Uh, and it's, it's like shocking. But I, I just, I love that theme that, you know, keeps coming up of just how they've changed mm -hmm. um, for, based on what's happened in their life. Is this my favorite science fiction movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two for me is Natalie herself. We haven't really talked about Natalie's performance. Our leading lady. In this movie, our leading mm -hmm. lady herself. I think she, obviously she's amazing in this movie. I, I mm -hmm. mean, almost her first few scenes when she is kind of like taken into like quote unquote custody and she's asking the right questions about who you are, why am I here? What room is this? And she's like starting to piece together 
potentially what might actually be happening to her based on her surroundings and the people she's interacted with. Um, her in just in every scene. I mean, also when she's, she like mows down that gator when mm. she slowly reveals to people that she's, you know, a former soldier. And there's so much not said from her, you know, like she never really talks about the decision she's made since he's been gone or the affair. It's almost like you're left to interpret based on her unrelated actions in the movie. And I loved it. I loved everything about Natalie in this movie. I love, I mean, she's had such a career starting that, you know, most people maybe have seen her in Leon at first, but mm. well, I mean, how many young child actors become accomplished adult actors? It's gotta be such a small percentage. And she's been in some incredible bangers. Black mm. Swan, anyone? Right, Proto? Black Swan. Oh my God. Yeah, she really is. I, I, I love Natalie. Uh, she's one of my favorite um, actresses. I, I love her in this. I think she, she just nails it. Um, put her in everything. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Natalie's incredible in this. I also think it's an incredible supporting cast. These uh, Gina and Tessa mm-hmm. are incredible. I don't. Uh, I I honestly don't remember the other girl's name. She's also really good. Jennifer. I don't. I don't not 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 Jennifer. Um, the one that gets eaten by the bear. Um, Gina, I think, right? Is it Gina Rodriguez? Tiva? No, oh, it's not Tiva. Yeah, t- yeah, that's her. Um, I think they're incredible in this. It's great to see. Like, it's also they're also dressed. They're military. Like, it's like it. It feels like this easily could have been shoehorned into five dudes it's not like i if you can correct me i think they said in the movie that even in the book they're just referred to as their job titles Mm -hmm. and you're left to kind of just assume they're men or women but so in this to make that kind of that they're going to be women uh i feel like was a i mean obviously it's a gamble um but it's it's such a right choice they're so good in this film I love the conversations that, like you said, in the boat, but also I love Tessa when she is realizing the prism effect of what the light is doing when they're in the, in the, um, the field. And I had the, I also, I mean, had the realization of when she starts having the leaves grow out of her arms, Mm. they're growing out of where she cut herself uh, and where she was self-destructing as a person and her, you know, her dark side, like she was, it was all growing from where she cut herself. So I just, there's so many layers in this. The women are incredible. Um, and I just love Tessa. Tessa, come home. I wrote down this one line that Oscar was talking about in his video. My flesh moves like liquid. My mind is Cut loose. I can't bear it. I can't bear it. I can't bear it. I thought that was so cool. How about Oscar working on Star Wars and this at the same time and walking back and forth between the Pinewood Studios? Oh, wow. Whose decision was it to give him that terrible accent? (laughs) Why did he even need that accent? Right? I don't know. Uh, whose turn is it? Danny, you're number two. 
Number two, I, I got to talk about the bear. I, I know you said you didn't really care for it, but that scene is terrifying. Mm. But I think what makes it terrifying is it mimicking the scream of the of Jenny, Jeannie, mm. yeah. if she had killed Shepard. Yeah. When it's and I didn't realize it, but it rips out the throat of her when when Natalie mm-hmm. finds her, and that's and the, the, he makes the sound of her screaming. It's not a bear roar. It is so unsettling to see that ah, creature. I mean, the skull growing out of the side of its skull. It's like decaying as a creature. It's such a gnarly design. That's what I feel like the word is that keeps coming back in my head for this movie. It's just gnarly. Everything looks so gross and crazy, but that bear scene, it's, it's intense. Yeah. I I didn't hate it. I just wasn't, it wasn't like my favorite scene in the movie. The scream out her jaw (laughs) on the floor. The scream is nutty. Also the idea that they piece together that like maybe a piece of her, you know, like literally her her voice box mm-hmm. has melded or yeah. refracted into the bear. God. And it's almost like not just a mimic thing, but it's like a piece, literally a piece of her is living on in the bear. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a wild idea that I, I, everything is refracting against itself. And then I think Ventress has that like great line of just how like eventually everything will just be like atomized to its smallest mm. point and then there'll be annihilation. Um, it's a it's a crazy concept that you could do so much with in terms of just, yeah, I mean, just ideas. And, and they explore that so well in some of the, like I love the scene where there's like that, it looks like a deer that has like a mimic deer mm-hmm. where they almost, it looks like they share the same mind because all their move, movements are exactly the same. Or if that's, you know, if the what happens in the lighthouse where it like right. completely replicates it, you know, that somehow that happened to this deer uh, and is able to just like live side by side with a version of itself. Um, there's only a lot of small moments like that. Even the lighting when they're in the shimmer is like insane yeah, <laughs> in this insane. movie. It's like it's just like a prism of color through all the trees. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Visually, it's visual feast. In that it really forest. is. I mean, even when she goes down into the in, underside of the lighthouse, the the lighting in that scene is wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I thought, some of that would have been the art too. Like her walking down there with a gun, or any that was of those my problem. Shots. I was telling you, my problem yeah. with doing art for this, I didn't want to do such a spoilerly scene for mm-hmm. this film because um, the amazing shots are are too much. Yeah. Yeah, and in, in chat, trainer said the alien ship interior. Um it this movie does give me like Geiger vibes in some mm-hmm. ways. Um almost as if he had like a um a, a like a light side rather than just like always a dark side like you see with like the the alien art. Mm-hmm. Um but it it definitely gave me like Geiger vibes with a lot of like the design of this. I mean, even the surroundings of the lighthouse that True. were like, you know, popping up on the beach. And then the when those things you know light on fire and have like this molten look, mm-hmm. just like collapsing on the beach. Yeah, so that last cool. tree that falls is insane. I mean, Florida <laughs> never looked so good. <laughs> <laughs> How about the uh, on the beach? There's 
There's like four skeleton torsos oh, yeah, and then like yeah, yeah. ten skulls. Do they? Does he talk no. about that at all in the documentary? It's okay. just there. Uh-huh. Love yeah. it. I mean, like like Danny said, imagine being on that team, putting all this stuff right? together. I mean, this just, is the coolest gig ever. No one said no to anybody wanting to make something in that <laughs> film. <laughs> so for comic nerds, in the documentary, Jock appears. Yeah. Comic readers will King. know Jock. And also he's done concept art for Last Jedi and a host of other movies. But it was cool to see him also in the doc talking about being buddies with Alex Garland, working together on movies um, and seeing some of that concept art. There was also, last thing I'll say about the documentary, but Alex Garland brings up Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Yeah. uh, Pretty heartily. I think, Mm. you know, he grew up uh, in the UK and talks about Alan Moore's impact on him growing up. And, you know, we don't talk about comics too much on here, but Saga of the Swamp Thing is top two all-time greatest comic book that I've ever read. It's the greatest love story ever told. So if you're looking to get into comic books, you need to read Saga of the Swamp Thing. And I mean, some of this stuff in here, if you liked Annihilation, you'll really love Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Mm. It's quite a journey. And he said the the walking bush-looking people were a direct reference to Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He did say he's like, oh, you can actually see Swamp Thing in those yeah. scenes. I mean, I went back, Alex. I didn't see Swamp Thing. So <laughs> can you give us a screen? Don't cap, f Alex? with me like that, <laughs> my friend. Proto, what's your? Uh, did we get Proto? Is it Proto's two? The the score. I really enjoyed the score of this, especially mm-hmm. how it transitions. You know, it has um, mostly just acoustic guitar. Uh, I think at the at the beginning of this until they really get to the like lighthouse. It reminded me a lot of um, uh, Nick Drake's album Pink Moon. I don't know if you guys have ever heard Excuse that. Excuse me, no. Um, but yeah, it had very very strong uh, Nick Drake vibes from the score. Um, but it, it's kind of you know it has like a. It's an interesting choice because I wouldn't. It doesn't necessarily fit with the. The content, but it gives a nice, um, like I think, uh, I don't know, like I guess like a, a nice pairing with what you're seeing. Uh, it just it, it, to me, it worked worked really well. I wrote this. That was actually one of my top three. Was mine the score too. <laughs> with her. I mean, there's scenes where she's looking back on her life and her decisions, and then it cuts to the Shimmer time frame, and she's walking with the gun, and you hear like an acoustic guitar playing. Yeah, and I was so struck by that. Like you could have easily just assumed you would get some kind of funky Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. God, um, words out of my mouth. But <laughs> you expect it, it, the, the like <laughs> percussion or you know women choral screaming in your ears every three seconds. I mean the Hans Zimmer bagpipes. Yeah, this. I mean they easily could have done that, but they. I feel like the acoustic guitar gives it some levity. Uh, yeah. I think it could be a much heavier, darker film if they went full synth the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my last note, and we went through most of everything that I had. Uh, gosh. Yeah, I think we might have just hit everything. Uh, we'll just go to Danny. What's your number three? Well, let's talk our thoughts on... Um, I know we've talked Lighthouse, but let's talk our thoughts on the finale, on... Oh, on yeah. uh, Natalie returning, the lighthouse burning down, Oscar coming out of a coma, not going to die anymore. But we know that the Oscar there apparently is the the 
you know, clone Oscar. Right. New Oscar. And we see the shimmer in Natalie's eye still. Uh, so what'd you think? I mean, for me, I feel like it's obviously not the clone. I don't, I don't think it's clone Natalie, mm-hmm. but it's also not the same Natalie. I feel like her cells right. have all changed the shimmers in her and she's a completely new person mm-hmm. coming out of this. Um, but how'd you guys take the ending? I think, I mean, she does talk about how she tries to explain to the scientists that it wasn't destroying everything. It was making something new. Mm-hmm. So I choose to view it as, you know, a positive thing where Natalie has put her past behind her, but it's still with her, you know, as it should be. She should be like aware of like all of her decisions that she's made in her life, but she can continue on with a second chance. But I mean, I don't really trust new Oscar to be not a freak. New Oscar I mean, he creepy. seems pretty, I mean, he's got yeah. like no personality. He seems like a real dud. Uh, <laughs> so I don't really know how to view their relationship moving forward. Someone give him an acoustic guitar. <laughs> uh, I mean, I liked it. Yeah, I guess I took it as, you know, most people don't get to uh, get like those kind of second chances. Um, so I, I thought it was like she, Natalie's character was given like this unique chance to start over with someone who she she really, like you see that she regrets the mistakes that she's made and she wish she doesn't do it. I mean, that's a, like a powerful scene, I think, when she's in the bedroom with the guy she cheated on. And you can just, like, the thing she says, you know, about, or, like, he says about her hating herself and, and just telling him to get out. And right. you can just see, like, she she regrets how she got here. And just the, the idea of, like, we, you know, we make self-destructive choices. And it seemed like Natalie was making, um, oh, there's a, the part in the movie where she can, so the, the two want to turn back and leave. And Natalie convinces mm. them to go to continue going on, think, saying like that's their best way out of here. But then it cuts to her telling the you know the people back at Area X that she was actually lying. She didn't know, but she thought that that's what she wanted to do. So mm-hmm. she was able to convince them of that. So it was like that. That seemed like a self destructive choice that she was making to continue mm-hmm. on, where she probably knows that like I'm not going to make it out of here, um, and I don't know if I want to make it out of here, but at the end of the day, she kind of got what she didn't expect where she gets out of there and she gets her husband back in some, some form. Mm. How about um, Gina Rodriguez's tattoo refracting onto Natalie? Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. And it's on the body of the guy forming on the wall. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's on that soldier's arm too on the wall. What? Mm-hmm. what? So uh, good. Like, There's so many layers. How deep does the rabbit hole go? <laughs> <laughs> Proto, you're number three. Um, I think I'm in the same spot. I think we really covered um everything. Um, in in some ways, there's like a lot in this movie, but when I think of like the scenes and the things to talk about, I wouldn't say like I feel mm-hmm. like we've hit everything. Yeah. Um, that's Sarah asked, "Did Gina for sure have the tattoo before going in?" That's I don't know. I'm going to have to do a rewatch on that. We're going to have to rewatch it. Yeah. It's worth it. Honorable Mensch. Um, honorable mention. Oh, my only honorable mention is um, Natalie Portman's ears. Um, <laughs> I'm usually, I, I have a thing for earlobes. Um, 
mm-hmm. if they're con- connected or not connected. I just prefer the like the the unconnected earlobe. Thank I just you. aesthetically more pleasing. But Natalie has connected earlobe. I forget what that's called. But hers are like very beautiful. Um, it's called attached. I re- yeah, the attached earlobe. Attached I, I really, too. I really like hers. Um, they're you. great. Uh, this yeah, I had a great time watching this. Um, it is a visual feast. It looked great in 4K. Uh, I'm at four stars mm. for Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Mm. I will say I've never had a thought about earlobes connected or otherwise before this moment. And I've really? opened, my, opened thine eyes. You literally had this conversation at our dinner table lot tonight. <laughs> what are the chances? I know, it's so weird. Uh, so I was at four and a half stars, four stars the last time I watched it. Uh-oh. I'm at five stars for <laughs> Annihilation. Say, what? I had an incredible experience the last 25 minutes of this movie. They're my favorite science fiction moment in a film. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard to top. <laughs> going to be hard mm-hmm. to top. <laughs> uh, Paul just screenshotted me saying that I drooled on myself earlier today. Mm. Um what a, what a, what a what a film loved it and again the discord kind of said it like you get more out of it the more you watch it and the last time i remember saying that on the show was for arrival and i remember saying that i hate when people say that so i'm now going back on my own statements twice in the history of this podcast the first time it's ever been done it's great i need to see what my i didn't see what my star rating was before this i don't know how to do that Danny, uh, honorable mensch mentions and final rating. I was at four and a half before this. Honorable mention, uh, I was surprised neither of you brought up Oscar's chest cavity. Just like I Simon, saw uh, that. I, I, I noticed that. it. There, thank you. I knew you guys would. He's got that <laughs> Sam Neill chest cavity. <laughs> yes. Sam Neill school of chest cavities. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, I like I said before, KK brought up in chat, is this the best sci-fi film? I said no, but I'm wrong. I don't think it's, it's not my favorite. Uh, and I had to think, is this better than Arrival? And to me it is because I don't have to stomach Jeremy Renner in this film. <laughs> so um, to me, this is definitely better than Arrival. Um, I'm at five stars. I can't help it. Wow. I like this time better than my first time watching it. So floating drugged out Homer dot gif mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, right now. <laughs> I think that Homer gif is from a music video that's pretty catchy can anyone confirm what that gif is from it's from confirm. some kind of it's from Please. a YouTube video that I watched before chat is beside themselves right now with these ratings we'll have to see who won the V Joshis this week remember we we talked about before legal gambling in our discord mm-hmm. um we're across state lines yeah. on the internet. We cleared so. it on a federal level. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> the federales cleared it for us this uh, this year. Uh, Annihilation. I'm so glad we were able to talk about it and discover new things with it. Documentary is insane. I highly recommend it. It's on, thank you. It's on YouTube. Thank you for, I can't remember who linked to the documentary. Was it you, Danny, or was it someone else? No, no, no. Chat? Someone dropped it in one Maybe of the channels. Paul? It's also in the live chat somewhere now. But yes, so. it's an hour 17 on YouTube. If you like the behind the scenes stuff, please watch it. We have some uh, emails to get to, and you can send us those at 70mmpod at gmail.com or just use the links on 70mmpod.com. Dear friend of ours, catcher. 
co-host of the Synodons podcast. And there's whispers that Catcher, you know, might be on in a future episode. There was talk in an uncut episode in the past about the Zodiac. Goodness gracious. Never seen it. Uh, Catcher writes, Oh, we... <laughs> this movie is the best. Murder bears, interpretive dance, and strange tree people, not to mention wonderful bookend performances from Oscar Isaac. I walked out of the theater convinced this is in my top five favorite sci-fi films ever. Alex Garland forever. If 70mm could only send in one host to the lighthouse for an alien dance battle for the survival of the human race, who's <laughs> getting in? And that's with Love Catcher. I feel like if we have an opportunity for one of us three to connect with a higher being, there's no competition and Proto's going in. <laughs> <laughs> no competition. At it's almost point, like we I've wouldn't even been... speak about it. We would just nod to each other right. and Proto would just walk in and maybe we'd see him in the future. I don't know. I've seen the way Slim operates in a, a, a graveyard past midnight. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely sending me in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Gosh, that, catcher thank you, saying catcher. Uh, leaving a theater though that makes me mad that I didn't get to see this in a theater I, I, I'm frustrated I would love to see this on a big screen <laughs> god that scene is so good when she says annihilation and she looks up oh, yeah. and the lights come god. out of her body yeah. holy God. The orbs around Natalie. Mm. Gosh. <laughs> Joe has emailed in. We got an uh, email from Joe. Talk to us. Hello, 70mm Slim Proto Danny. So, I've been listening to this podcast for a few months now, and I cannot imagine my life without it. Oh, man. I'm sure it's been mentioned in a previous email, but you all should be so proud of the space you've made here. From Slim crying over a 4K restoration of Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> to Proto's Batman calls and Bell, of course, to Danny's incredible art that we've been blessed with every single week. And of course, the VHS Village. Who'd have thought that there'd be a space where no one judges your taste in movies? I'm looking at you, Twitter. <laughs> I've been going through a difficult time as of late with my mental health, and this podcast has honestly been a shining light in an absolute shitstorm, so I thank you. I'm very much looking forward to the chat about Annihilation this week. 15 stars, question mark? I'm hoping one of these days I'll be able to listen in live. Anyway, take it easy, Joe. P.S. Slim, I hope you pre-ordered the Bridge on the River Kwai 4K Steelbook. Mm. Mm. Joe, I got a text from my wife that I'm not allowed to buy anything for the next 10 days. So uh, hopefully in 10 days from now, I'm pre-ordering that bad boy. <laughs> one of those, listen, Joe, let me tell you one more. You're in a shit, you're in a shit stage of your life. Amanda wants me to go through our finances this weekend. You ever go through your finances oh with your wife? God. Where she prints out the expenses, like literally your PNC bank statements with like circles, Highlights. things with a question mark. There's no worse moment that I can think of right now in 2020. Self-destructive tendencies start to come out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is my, I'm back in the shimmer. You're going to refract. <laughs> uh, thanks, Joe. We have some VMs to get to. This is a popular film, but there was one, I think that was just missed last week from Jasher. Jasher, I don't think I played this one last week. Did I? Oh. Anyway. 
Hey 70mm, it's Jay Shahir or Jay Silla in the Discord. Jay this Shiller. is a little bit of a late voice message actually about last week's The Piano, which I have to admit didn't blow me away. I, I definitely appreciated aspects of it and it was cool to see something made here in New Zealand just to see the similar sights and hear the similar sounds. But I'm glad that the three of you loved it. And can mm. we just take a second to talk about Danny's artwork? That mm. poster? Mm. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Danny, you hit it out of the park every single Thank week. You. It's crazy. Thank you. Uh, anyway, I randomly mentioned to my parents this past week that I saw the piano and my mom told me that her dad, my granddad, actually helped out on the film. Apparently, Ooh. he created the buttons that were used on the jackets of the crew that bring what? Ada to New Zealand at the start of the movie. So he created and made these buttons and then his sister Scrimshaw designs onto them, which oh was just- it was pretty awesome to find out and just a crazy connection yeah. to last week's movie that I never knew that I had. I, I don't actually think anyone in the family ever watched the movie, you know, due to the infamous scenes of Harvey's bare ass. But <laughs> hey, I'm glad I gave it a shot. Anyway, that's all. Hope you enjoyed Annihilation. It's one of my absolute favorites. And yeah. just thank you all so much for being such great hosts and starting such an awesome community. I'll see you later. <sighs> Do you feel you. the love right now? Do. do you feel it, Proto? I do. Proto it's looks like he's making a meme right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's mulling over his pick right now. He's sweating it. Thank you so much for the VM. That was an amazing. I imagine making finding out people connected to you in any way. It's crazy. Made anything minute on a film. That's so right. Makes me sick. Kev just linked to Jash, Jash Zilla's podcast, Podzilla. You actually got Podzilla. Jasher and Micah Drake watch through every Godzilla movie and share their thoughts on the insane kaiju madness. Oh my. I love that. There was a period of time where James was hardcore into Godzilla movies. Hardcore. Uh, let's see. Who else we have? Uh, Jada Kiss. Hey, 70 millimeter crew, it's not Jadakiss. I'm currently sitting in the parking lot of my local AMC, about to head into Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in Dolby Cinema. Um, before that, I just wanted to say how excited I am to hear the episode on Annihilation tonight. I watched it twice in the past week. Um, it's absolutely one of my favorite movies. I can say that with confidence now. I feel like it's one of those rare movies that the more I watch it, the more I like, and the more I want to come back to it. So really excited to hear the conversation on it tonight. One thing I wanted to point out from my last viewing that sent chills through pretty much every inch of my body were the lyrics in the song when Kane first comes back into the house. Um, when he sees Lena for the first time, it says, they are one person, they are two alone, they are three together, they are for or each other. A really beautiful moment oh in a movie that I think will grow to be one of the best examples of science fiction that we have. Uh, hope you guys liked it. Super excited to hear the conversation. And thank you for everything you do. Wow. From the parking lot of a movie theater, this, this should be the new official location to leave VMs <laughs> for the pod. <laughs> Where is the A24 book? For Annihilation, you get all these crazy artists put together some 500-page book that A24 is going to charge out the ass for that I can't buy yet for another 10 days. <laughs> Where is this book in my life? Seriously, oh. man. 
imagine like the concept art that you know they didn't oh use. Oh gosh, they show it too in the making of a couple quick shots of them. Paramount, please. I know Paramount. I know you're listening. Can we make something happen here? Can Danny do the cover art at the very least? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, that was another question I had. You know, uh, Ventress had cancer. What happens when cancer is refracted into the prism? Mm. You know, is there any kind of side effects of that going on that getting spread around? Don't know. Oh, no, man. So many questions. Look in her. Look inward. Can't even speak. Uh, let's see. We referenced KK earlier. Why not hear from VM? Let's hear from him. Hey there. It's KK. It's weird how movies manage to cross your path at such perfect times. Mm. Saturday, March 31st, 2018. My daughter wasn't even three months old yet, and my life was changing. I was staring down some impossible barrier, and I didn't even know to what extent that little girl would come change my life. The only thing I knew was that the old moon was dead and some half-formed thing was still taking his space, however slowly. Mm. So, with a head full of parental existentialism, I headed out for a relaxing time at a local theater. Oh, As I'm sure you could have guessed, the showing of the night was Annihilation. Sonic 2. It was <laughs> the emptiest theater I've ever seen. Oh, A truly horrifying experience that I managed to share with only one other equally frightened man <laughs> And we exchanged hesitant looks throughout the entire runtime. Kick guys clone. In retrospect, <laughs> Annihilation is very obviously one step on the path that made me love movies. Mm. Nothing has ever come close to the pure lizard brain panic of the bear attack or the unknown silent moments that I spent looking over at Dreamy Austin once the night was done. So, thank you, 70mm, for leading my mind back to that time. Bye. Bye. Thank you, KK. Wow. Get a lot of movie theater stories. Love it. Recently. This is in general too. I feel like we've 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 hit on something. Yeah. Moments. Yeah. Thank you, KK. Did you apologize to KK yet? I don't know if I actually said it, but KK, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sarah and Chad, imagine being alone in the theater watching Annihilation and turning to look at yourself. Golly. Eat chocolate pudding in my pants. <laughs> I just be able to get to see this in theaters. I'm still mad about that. Mm. God. Remember that tweet that went viral this week about that person who saw Morbius and took the photo oh, with yeah. that guy and accidentally had the flash, the flash on? on? Oh, Excuse God. me. I would have left my body. Sheesh. What if we rent a movie theater? I'm listening. And mm -hmm. we bring a Blu-ray for Annihilation. I'm listening. <gasps> just throwing it happen. Uh, let's see. We have another VM. Hey guys, it's Paul. Uh, I just wanted to quickly leave this uh, VM for Annihilation. Uh, I remember when this movie came out and really not knowing anything about it, with the exception that it was Alex Garland doing a another sci-fi thriller, but this time with Natalie Portman. So I was very interested, and especially after seeing that poster art, um, really piqued my interest. But uh, walking out of it, however, I was completely blown away by just some of the the visuals that I saw with the you know the the bear monster and the mimic at the very end of the movie and kind of the you know the abstraction of the organism that she sees that you know in the in the bottom of the lighthouse it was mm. all just like completely mesmerizing um and i love how the film kind of deals with you know the past trauma you know that's kind of woven throughout the story it's really interesting i think i think maybe my favorite 
detail of the film is that when they're questioned of like what the organism looked like, that nobody can describe what they saw. Um, mm. I just think that's kind of a good detail that, uh, you know, when Lena's being questioned, you know, in the beginning and kind mm. of the end of the film, you know, she can't quite describe what they saw and everything was just a mystery. You know, you can only experience it if you're in the shimmer. Um, mm. So yeah, it's just, um, it's just great all around. So thanks for listening to my VM. Uh, keep up the great work, guys, for everything you guys do for the podcast. Uh, quick shout out to the VHS Village for all of those who are on our Discord. Uh, you guys all make up for a great community that I love being part of. And um, it's truly special to me. So thank you to everyone mm. there. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. Paul's first VM. Was he in a movie theater parking lot? <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> Did he bring his microphone? <laughs> Did he bring his Yeti microphone <laughs> to the backseat of his car? <laughs> I was going to say, I agree because I remember watching the end of the movie and she had no answer for his questions. What did it look like? It was a carbon base. Yeah. She literally could not answer those questions. She like didn't even bother mm. to or could not. So yeah, it's a great point. I didn't think of that. I kept thinking about uh, the Babadook in this film too. The way mm -hmm. a traumatic story is told through horror and this is a like traumatic stories mm. being told through sci-fi. It's a really interesting vein of storytelling that I'm, I'm definitely connected to. Yeah. I had Baba Duke in my notes. I just didn't say it, but I definitely felt the same way. Mm. Uh, I think that is it for the feedback this week. And now it's time for the main, the real main event. We've been waiting 78 minutes to hear Pardo's pick for the leading ladies month. And he allegedly says some people are going to be very happy with this pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, do you, guys, you want to hear something crazy? Yes. Uh, it's been one year since we've done an animated movie. <laughs> oh. oh. Our last animated movie uh, that was a feature presentation was Iron Giant. We did last April. That was the last animated Can I film? I just say I'm getting chilled up right now. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I'm getting very chilled up right now. Yeah, I thought you would be. Um, <laughs> and when you think about it, the uh, yeah, the, the the animated movie. I mean, there's you know they're saying them in chat. Pr Princess Mononoke, right? Spirited away. Uh huh. Uh, Andy Frozen, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone ban Andy from chat? <laughs> no one has said minutes. what I think Proto might pick so uh -huh. far. There, there's a there's a lot of movies, um, but I thought that was just interesting. I'm not picking an animated movie. <laughs> oh my! Someone God. else will have to. Someone else will have to. Correct. Pick up the cross. Gun. Um, I there's another cross that I have to bear because <laughs> you know, um, there there was a request that was put in for. For uh, someone to make a sacrifice. Oh, no. You know, Danny didn't make the sacrifice. <laughs> Slim was sp specifically called on. Uh -oh. And he <gasps> refused oh. to to uh, to make the sacrifice. But it all, it fell to me. And um, it's time. It's time for me to you lay down my pick once again, as I have done in the past. I expect, you know, no praise for this. I expect nothing in return. But this is just... This is just what I want to do. Um, so we got a we got a um, an email from our listener Sydney, 
who said oh they were, you know, they struggle in the the pig pens uh, every day cleaning them. That's their job. And Sydney, if you're there now listening, uh, this picks for you. I'm picking for Leading Ladies Month, Moonstruck. Holy cow. Excuse me. Left field pick. Sydney just stood upright in pig shit. She just kicked the pig. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Was this always on your mind? What's what's happening here? No, this is for Sydney. I've never oh seen Moonstruck. God. I don't even, I mean, I might hate it. Have so. you seen it? It's on, it's on I them. watched it recently for the Letterboxd right. show, but I have not revealed my full I mean, my reveal is film. there. My reveal is already, I can't get to the Letterboxd fast enough to delete my reveal. <laughs> I won't look at it, but I will say that this is streaming right now on HBO Max. Yeah. This is incredible. Wow. What a pick. I feel like it, you know, it's a good uh a good balance. Yes. You know, we have um we had the piano, pretty serious movie, mm-hmm. annihilation, emotional sci-fi. Now, you know, some levity with uh this Holy is like a, this is what is this a, a rom-com? This is yeah, I mean, yeah, is yeah, this yeah, our yeah. first Nicolas Cage movie? I uh, asked is it. it? Can anyone confirm whether or not we have not done a Nicolas Cage movie? Cher, Nicolas Cage, Olympia Dukakis, Danny Aiello. Oh, Danny in this film. Mamma mia. Norman Jewison, who uh, he's directed a few hits. Fiddler on the Roof, The Hurricane, (laughs) In the Heat of the Night, Jesus Christ Superstar. Ever heard of him? Goodness. (laughs) Wow, I'm excited to talk about this movie with you too. Sydney, I hope uh, hope your days are just a little bit brighter mm. right now. Thanks mm-hmm. to our resident hero mm-hmm. and spiritual advisor, Paralaxis. Proto-Christ himself. <laughs> <laughs> Proto-Christ superstar. <laughs> I'm going to get that shirt. not going to let you post any no. kind of proto-face deeps on Jesus in our Discord. <laughs> Mike? Mike's getting a timeout in chat. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) 10 minutes. Uh, What an app. What a journey. We're not quite done. We've got uh, Moonstruck and then another week after that. After Uh Moonstruck. Pardo. Also, just a reminder, the pins, 12 p.m. Eastern as of release day, Monday. Get in there. Get the set. Get the singles. Get whatever you want. Hop in there before they're gone. But Proto, any closing thoughts this week? Any closing thoughts? Um, I mean, watch Annihilation if you haven't seen it. It's a good movie. Uh, it's great. Maybe some even say the best. <laughs> <laughs> Ran the gamut on that one. We'll see everybody for Moonstruck. Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and Viger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis.
producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck podcast. Oh, my God.